We all know that some kids love playing outside while others prefer their phone. I have definitely one of those. Some kids like nature and hiking. Some kids like to go around barefoot everywhere. Does that make you cringe? Well, lucky for us, we have Kristen Schmoke, parenting coach, some good tips to get kids to put down the screen, enjoy being in nature, and make you more comfortable when they go barefoot. Imagine a world where parenting can be made easier, your questions answered, and harmony in your home is commonplace. That's where Parenting with Heart will give you useful parenting advice for early, middle, and teen developments. Hi parents, I'm Monica, one of two Monicas and a microphone, here to introduce the latest episode of Parenting with Heart. Kristen has her master's in elementary education, is a certified parenting coach, and a mom of four. Basically, we want to be your one-stop shop for nuggets of information to make your journey as a parent easier. Well, I'm excited for this because as a child, I never liked to get dirty, so I'm going to learn why I should. No, no, even now, no. Okay, interesting. So, today's topic, some of it's cringeworthy for me, but others, I think it's really important. We're going to start out with outside play. I love what it. My kids, uh, when we moved into this house, we have a huge yard. And I realized they don't know how to play outside because they were really little and we had small yards. So I always had to be there supervising. Now I don't really need to supervise much. But, you know, we liked going to the park in St. Louis and the playground was there. So we spent most of our time there. But yeah, they have no idea what to do with themselves outside. Sometimes they dig a little hole, but then it's like, mom, what, what am I doing? I want to come in. I'm like, no, go, shoo. <laughs> I have an interesting experience because I used to teach at an outdoor preschool. It was 98% outside. So I've got lots of ideas for things you can do outside. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear them. And I'm sure we have friends that are too. How we can encourage our kids to play outside, maybe sometimes with us, but also sometimes without us. Absolutely. Well, aside from the really great, great health uh, benefits of oh, being yeah. outside, vitamin D, fresh air, mm-hmm. it's actually really good for eye development and seeing long distances and depth perception. It's stress relieving. And being outside is actually really good for developing balance and gross motor as well as fine motor skills. That's awesome. I didn't know any of that. So if we have younger children like myself, early kids, how should you go about getting them outside? First of all, children should be getting outside every day. And I know not everybody wants to hear that because you're like, well, Kristen, I live in um, the Northwest or I live at where it's cold. Children really should be outside about 20 minutes every day at a minimum. Yes, it's okay for your children to go out in the rain and splash in the puddles. Yes, it's okay for your children to go out and explore snow. Obviously, if wind chill is too cold, we want to take uh, precautions. But going outside with our little ones um, should be full of curiosity and discovery. Just today at recess, we had some students who were trying to kill a bug. And I was like, oh, no, no, don't throw things at a bug. Let's watch him. And I started asking questions. What do you notice? How many legs does he have? Well, what are those two things up on top of his head? We discovered their antennas. And does this bug fly? Well, I don't know. I only see him crawling. And then we watched him crawl up a tree. Ooh, he's a really good climber. Asking lots of questions, but they were enthralled with this bug and watched him for a good 15 minutes. As That's we just awesome. watched him walk. So get curious. If you're sending your children outside to be by themselves, Send them with something to do. Previous classrooms, I've had outdoor journals that they take with some markers or crayons or pencils and 
You just draw outside. Oh, I love that idea. Sienna's been water painting outside. Yes, another one. Great. If you've got paint, if you have just old paintbrushes, give them a bucket of water and some paintbrushes and let them paint the driveway. It evaporates in a matter of seconds. (laughs) But it's good lesson. You know, you're good doing good fine motor. They're outside in the sun. They're breathing the fresh air. Also science. They're painting the driveway and then they look back a minute later and their picture is gone. Why did that happen? We can talk about all of those kind of things. Little ones are just so curious about our world, and it's really magical to get them out there at a young age. That's been one of my favorite things about having a yard this big is that I have a flower garden with a bunch of different flowers, and then a garden garden, which really was a flop this year. But every day after like four o'clock, because it's so hot here, we'll go out and like, hey, let's go check on the garden. Let's go see what we can find. I'm trying to engage them more in things that I find memorable from my childhood. Absolutely. And that's the that's another really great component is creating these opportunities for connection while you're learning the names of the plants together, while you're learning which ones can we taste and which ones can we not taste. Hey, these ones died. Why did that happen? Oops, we forgot to water them <laughs> kind of yeah. thing. And not to mention, it's it's really grounding for children. Um, children experience their life through their sensory experiences. I mean, we all do. But when we deny them that opportunity to go outside, we deny them so much of a sensorial experience. And it really helps to re-regulate them. So if your child is inside and they're having like a dysregulated day, go for a walk. Oh, go yeah. outside in nature and it completely re-regulates humans of all ages, not just young children, but you'll really notice it as a parent. Awesome. And Middle school, I've heard horror stories about teaching middle schoolers. What can a parent of a middle schooler do to encourage outside? You know, middle schoolers are really fun, too. Um, You know, getting into nature collections, arts and crafts, scavenger hunts, those kind of things. Obviously, they could be harder scavenger hunts for Mm -hmm. for middle schoolers. And all of those would apply also to the early ages as well. Obviously, you'd have to curb it for your age group. But those middle schoolers, they kind of need it more than anyone because they're kind of dysregulated all the time with all their hormones flaring and they're trying to figure things out. If your child is like, I don't want to go, invite some friends and bring some food. A picnic is a great idea. The beach, a great idea. A hike, a great idea. If you involve in middle school, if you involve friends and even teenagers, if you involve friends and food, they're an in. (laughs) Awesome tip. Even if you have to bribe them with not so healthy food, it's okay if you bring a treat or a junk okay. food. Or, the goal is to get them outside, to get them moving. So you have to adjust and figure out what is my intention. My intention is for them to spend time outside. Mm-hmm. What's going to get them out there? Okay, I love it. That's a good nugget. I'm going to put the middle school and teen in my pocket as well as everything else for later. Well, let's talk about getting into nature. Paul loves nature. He did survival survival school or whatever at the Air Force Academy and just his stories. I'm like, oh my God, that sounds like my worst nightmare. <laughs> oh, amazing. I've never camped really, but I do like being in nature. I mentioned gardening, flower garden. I like walking in nature. I also like leaving it and going back to my house. But, you know, we've been checking out the frogs and the butterflies, caterpillars, and I know you love the outdoors and you grew up in northern Michigan, so I completely get why. Yeah, absolutely. Grew up in the woods. So um, I love and I grew up going to camp every summer and we didn't camp as a family, but I always grew up going to camp. Okay. Um, and I enjoyed that. So some things you can do for getting into nature is just 
even with the little ones, choose to eat lunch out to, outside. You know, put a blanket out on the ground or eat out at a picnic table. Maybe you choose to eat outside for your snack every mm-hmm. day. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be elaborate. It can be something so simple. Going for a walk, bike rides, painting outside, sidewalk chalk, running through the sprinkler. Maybe they have a bug house where they go and collect bugs oh, and, and check them out, especially if you have fireflies where you live. Those are so fun. Bug house is a lot of fun to collect and gather. If you do live near the woods, exploring sticks and making teepees and or little forts of some sort in the woods is a great creative outlet. As you move into the teenagers, you have a journal. Teenagers and middle schoolers, they really need that that writing outlet mm-hmm. and that opportunity to get their thoughts on paper. You take them outside with a journal and mm-hmm. just say, hey, this, you know, maybe you want to practice on mindfulness or meditation or mental health, whatever you want to call it. Also, just taking it into the garden and writing in the garden or near the garden. And I even have children as at the late elementary age take their books out to the garden and read to the plant and, and pick songs to play to the plants because plants, it's proven. They like happy they songs. They do. And they like to hear stories too. So if your child, if you don't have time to read with your child or your child needs to, and you need a break, hey, go read to the plants. They love to hear it. Oh, I, I think that's my favorite idea so far. Yeah. Both my kids are going to have to do a lot of reading this year and practicing. So we'll all go out and read to the plants together. You should. And also dogs like to be read too. Uh, geocaching is a big thing where you can go and do, um, they have the apps that you can download and you can mm-hmm. go find these things hidden in trees and behind rocks. And that's a really fun outing that gets you out to different parts of your town or city that you may not have been to before. Yeah, um, really sophisticated scavenger hunt. Exactly. People all over the world do it. And like, one you didn't have to plan, which is even better. <laughs> even better. <laughs> <laughs> but even just simple things like my daughter brought up something on Pinterest the other day. And she's like, look, mommy, they are making Santas on rocks. I'm like, yeah, rock painting is a lot of fun. You can paint anything on a rock. Rock painting is a blast. And yes, middle schoolers do like rock painting. Oh, so cute. So is she going to make her own rock Santa and have a pet Santa? She might. I said, you know what, we we actually used to do that with driftwood when I was growing up from the lake. We would get it from the lake and little Santas and make them into little ornaments. So That's so cool. Well, you mentioned before that things change if you live in different parts of the country based on weather and climate. And what are your suggestions for parents who live in the city and maybe don't have access to as much woods and nature without making it a drive or a chore? Well, first of all, I have yet to be in a city where I haven't seen a tree. You see trees everywhere and I see squirrels. So yeah, maybe there's a little bit more cement in the the town Mm -hmm. that you live in. But there are trees and you can still get curious about the trees that are in your area. You can always go to the park and you're going to find some nature there. You're going to see some birds. You're going to find some bugs, maybe some centipedes or some flies, grasshoppers. In that park there, there's lots of different things to explore. And it depends on what kind of trees they have there. They might be deciduous. They might not be. Some might change colors. Some might not be. But you can get really curious about all those things with young children. With the older ones, bring a Frisbee. Go hang out at the park and, and teach them how to play Frisbee or Frisbee golf. Teach them and learn yeah. how to throw a Frisbee at a target kind of thing. Or maybe just bring a ball. Fun, giant Jenga games or dice. Make up your own game at the park or maybe just a little game of fun baseball. Play hide and seek. Hide and seek. I mean, there's so many things you can do. I mean, and if you do live in the city, maybe there's a place you can drive. I know most places you can drive within an hour of the city where you can go fishing and you can go on a hike 
break and you can you can get back into some nature. Maybe that doesn't happen every week, but if you can do it a couple times a year, it is resetting for everyone. All wonderful ideas for my city friends out there. And you're right, I did have trees in St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we had trees in LA, so I'm yeah. sure you have trees in St. Louis. Yeah. Also, I, I totally forgot, you can go looking for worms and raccoons. Raccoons are always in the city. Uh, <laughs> sounds scary. <laughs> I know. Well, you don't have to touch them. I'm Trash just saying. panda. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. Butterflies, birds. So many things to explore. Yeah. And again, like you've been saying, get curious about it. If you're curious about it, your kids will be curious about it. Absolutely. Well, this next one got quite a few comments on your parenting Facebook page. It's walking around barefoot. I don't have a problem walking on grass and bare feet. Okay. Whereas some people do. Mm -hmm. Some people that really bothers them. Oh, Paul was like, no, why do they have to walk on grass? Why can't they walk on the pavement or the beach? Why can't they walk at the beach? Barefoot. Yeah. Oh, Paul. <laughs> you know, I had an uncle who refused to let his kids walk barefoot at the beach for fear of broken glass. And I remember being a kid mm -hmm. looking at them going, that's so weird. Like we're totally yeah. running around without shoes on. But all yeah. of his kids had to wear shoes at the beach. No. Paul has a thing about the kids being barefoot even in the house because his dad used to tape his slippers onto his feet. Slippers don't have any support. They just keep yeah. your feet from, yeah. And so Paul's like, where are your slippers? Where are your slippers? I'm like, I don't care. And now because of Paul, like he's rubbed off on me and I don't. And we have a dog. The floor is far dirtier. Like my shoes are already off. If I, as soon as I get home, my shoes are off my feet. I can't like, in fact, if I have to wear socks and shoes all day, like for work, I notice about by like 3, 30, 4 o'clock that my feet are just like, Ugh, like get they like, just want to be out <laughs> get them off get these they're off. in jail <laughs> they're sweating they feel sticky and gross they need to breathe <laughs> my dad is so curious about all sorts of holistic medicines and things and he sent me a video about grounding and i loved the concept about connecting and a good friend of mine is a master yogi and part of her training had her connect her feet with the ground not with cement so my husband is like, no way, Jose. He even asked me, why can't they just walk around on cement? Why the grass? Then I have to wash their feet at night. I don't mind. I think kids are supposed to have dirty feet. And I only have one rule. If you're on a scooter or a bike, put shoes on. Well, that's a safety measure. Yeah, it's yeah. safety. It's not because I don't want them to be barefoot. A skinned knee is bad enough, let alone skinned toes. You know, I would have the kids wash their feet with a baby wipe before they got into bed. Yep. That's how we handled it at our house. They just knew they went and got the baby wipes and we would go clean them up. If they were really bad, it was a hop in the shower kind of thing. Sure. But yeah, going bare feet is so good for the muscle development in your feet. It actually can prevent fallen arches. It improves balance. Not to mention that sensory thing. I mm -hmm. mean, there's a reason why yogis promote getting grounded and get you, getting your feet on the actual ground. Your feet absorb the vibrations of the earth, which might sound a little woo-woo to some people, but you really do need to connect it. And when you are wearing shoes with soles on them, it actually inhibits you from making that connection. Oh, so yeah. That's, that's part of that grounding activity for you. And it gives you the opportunity to wiggle your toes and really kind of grip them into the ground. If grass creeps you out, you don't have to go in the grass. You can go on some stones. I mean, stones, to me, they might hurt more. Uh, that's up to you. Depends on what kind of stones you mm -hmm. have near your house. Maybe you like to do it in the sand or just some dirt as opposed to the grass. I know some people are really sensitive to the grass. It also depends on the kind of grass. Yes. I learned living in California that the St. Augustine grass actually kind of like cuts you a little bit. Okay. It's, 
It's not nice. That does not um, sound pleasant. No. And so after a while, you just, just gross. The Midwest grass is really nice. And so, it is. I drive around and our grass is looking terrible. But I'm like, Paul, oh, I want grass like those people because it looks nice and soft. And I wouldn't mind laying down on it without a blanket. But I have a funny little story about Logan and the first time I had him touch grass. And he was, oh, maybe he was nine months old. He wasn't walking. But, you know, he would stand up if you held his hand. So we were at my parents' place in Michigan, and their grass is nice. So I'm like, Mom, let's take his shoes off and have him touch grass. And I have the video, and it is priceless because he puts his feet down and immediately recoils and lifts them back up (laughs) and started crying. That's awesome. I mean, and that's actually another component, right? Not very often do we touch things that are kind of a little bit spiky or Mm -hmm. hard with our feet. And it's a really good sensory experience to kind of, I don't want to say toughen up our feet, but it helps us to be aware of our feet, right? Because when we touch, when we step on things that are hard or bumpy, uh, grass-like, I'm not sure what that sensory would be. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It brings our awareness back to our feet. The rest of the time, we're just kind of like running around. It helps children to be aware of their feet in space. And it helps to create that proprioceptive awareness, which is your body in space and how it is moving. We want to make sure that we're giving those opportunities for our children to explore that. That is so cool. I'm going to start taking the kids out in the front yard so I don't have to worry about dog poo in the back. We're just going to walk around the front yard, check on those plants and bare feet. There you go. Do it when Paul's not home. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. This last topic is another one that hit close to home because I never played in mud. I take it back one time. Even my mom attests one time I played in mud with friends. We made mud pies and stone soup and I still don't want to get dirty. I wear gloves to garden because I don't want dirt underneath my fingernails. Even cooking, I don't really want to get that dirty. It's a thing. And Logan inherited it from me. But I know there are positive aspects surrounding letting kids play in dirt, in mud, in rolling in the grass and just getting dirty. You don't really get any more natural than dirt. No. <laughs> and there is so much creativity that happens with children with especially the younger grades with mud kitchens. If you have old cookie pans, like mm-hmm. cookie sheets and like cake pans, roll them out into a sandbox and turn on the hose. Those kids will be entertained for an extensive period of time. Okay. It is amazing the things that they come up with and you just watch, you watch and maybe you pro- like throw in a prompt and be like, hey, I wonder if you did this and they, they might take the bait or they might let it go. But it's really interesting to watch them. I loved my sandbox when I was a kid and my neighbor and I... <laughs> We were really little. We used to think it was great fun to fill our underwear with sand. Oh, so fun. Get all in it, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure my mom loved it. We loved that whole experience of that that sand and that grit kind of all over our body. And then, yeah, we have bathtubs. We have showers. We also have hoses outside. You can hose them down outside and then take them inside for a bath. But don't deny them these opportunities because... It translates to the classroom. If your child doesn't get an opportunity to get muddy where it's a safe place, when they go to the classroom and they have to use glue and they get glue on their fingers, they literally get paralyzed. They're like, I got to wash my hands. I got to wash my hands. And you're like, it's it's okay. Breathe deep. You yeah. know, we'll go wash your hands. But they can't finish the project because they have a little bit of glue on their finger. Mm-hmm. They have a little bit of paint on their finger. It can be fear or anxiety based with some okay. of them because they're so used not having that. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yes, it's going to be a mess 
yes, you're going to want to do it outside. Yes, it's going to be so fun for them. The activities are very regulating Mm -hmm. for children. It re-regulates their nervous system. And if they're having like a really hyper day or you're like, oh, these kids are just driving me crazy, pull out the sandbox, pull out the activities that are outside and it's going to really be very changing in your day and just the way the whole thing goes forward. What I love about all of these ideas is rather than me having to be right there with them, especially my kids their age, that I can just create the activity and let them go with it for a while rather than mom, come play with me. Yeah, it gives them that autonomy, that independence. Yeah. They don't have to have you sitting there. Now, if you do have some water out, I, you should be sitting there, but they can be out there with the sandbox sure. on their own and you don't have to be sitting right next to them. You could be sitting, you know, 10 yards away with a book and be like, oh no, I'm, I'm doing my thing right now. You, you keep doing your thing and encourage them to have that independence because not only does it give you a break, but it teaches them that they can do things on their own and you don't have to be right next to them all the time. Love it. Another cool thing that I've seen, and we did this last winter, we got a bunch of those little like fairies and gnomes from Dollar Tree. Yeah. They can be really expensive at some of the nicer craft stores, but you know, a buck 25. And then we took all Logan's little plastic animals and we had this gnomeo homeo and fairy home. And then we had a zoo and every day after school, it's like, okay, kids, let's go check on our gnomes. Let's go check on our animals. I have love to that. Move, move the location. It's time to yeah. move. resurface that yeah. because that is something that is going to keep them interested in going outside. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they want to start making little things out of clay to add to their their nomeo mm-hmm. homeo, which I love the name, <laughs> by the way, and their little fairy house. And, and maybe you want to start crafting things with paper and scissors and glue and whatever that looks like for sure. your house. But even just that little clay, that air dry clay that the Crayola has. Very cool. We could probably use Play-Doh, let it dry outside. Play-Doh would absolutely work. And it's mostly made out of salt and water, so it'll dissolve. Awesome. Well, you mentioned baths, and this is just because I don't know. And if your kids get really dirty and you're always responsible for bathing them, when can you start transitioning that? You know, you can do it now while you're sitting with there with them. Mm-hmm hand them the washcloth and start saying, okay, have you washed all your parts? Let's start, you know, let's do the checklist. Start with your, you know, whatever, wherever you want to start. I yeah. always had them start with their face first and we worked our way down, kind of clean the feet last. So you can start kind of encouraging that behavior now. I noticed that naturally all of my children kind of started taking the initiative around the, between the ages of eight and 10. Okay. They're starting to develop and they wanted a little more privacy where they were like, no, no, I'm going to take a shower by myself. When they first started doing that, I'd say, okay, but I'm going to come in and check that like you got all the shampoo out. Right. And you got that all the you really washed out. your hair that you didn't just wet it. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that will still happen. Yeah. But as you you're starting to to train them how to do that. Let me know when you're done and you'll hear them yell from the shower. I'm done. And you got to you go. All right, I'm coming in. I'm coming in. Maybe you put the shampoo in their hair and you let them start scrubbing it. Okay. Just, I love that. And I do have a parenting with heart success story. Um, so last night I was like, okay, kids, you know, you're going to make your own lunch. You tell me what fruits you want. I'll make sure you have it. And you put them in the little containers. You make your sandwich. I'll plop the peanut butter on there and you're going to spread it. And they both did a great job. And they came back with empty lunches. Today I did the same thing. They've been out eating a snack while we've been doing this. And I'm like, okay, here's a big bowl of blueberries for each of you. You eat some and you put some in your lunch. I love that. That's awesome. I love how you made it age appropriate too. You were like, here, I'm going to put the peanut butter on, but you spread it. Yeah. Last thing I need is peanut butter all over my counter and the floor. (laughs) 
Well, yeah, peanut butter is a mess, but I will say that think of the skills that you're teaching there. Yes. You're teaching independence, you're teaching that fine motor skill of being able to spread it, plus also the problem solving of having to hold the piece of bread while mm-hmm. spreading it, because if you just spread it, the bread goes across the counter. There's all sorts of real life experiences here that you just taught your kids, and I'm so happy to hear it. Thank you. It was really a great tip, and we're going to keep going. Every yeah. night possible or every afternoon when they have their snack, my plan is to have them also start putting components of their lunch together. That's so awesome. And even if they don't get the whole lunch made, right? at least they helped with some of it. Yes. And they ate it, which I was worried about. <laughs> even better. <laughs> well, also, can I tell um, you, yeah. if your kids help you in the garden, they'll be more likely to eat the food they grow. Sure. So if you're like, my kids don't eat vegetables or my kids don't like zucchini, you grow zucchini in their garden, they will taste it. They may still not like it, but they'll at least taste it. Whereas if you just buy it from the store, they're less likely to do it. That's a good pro tip right there. I'm going to start growing some interesting vegetables next year. <laughs> <laughs> Well, friends, if you enjoyed this episode, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can find Parenting with Heart wherever you find your podcasts. We've spent the last couple of weeks just updating and making sure our distribution is as wide as possible. And if you do have questions, you can always contact Kristen Schmoke, Parenting Coach at Kristen Schmoke, Parenting Coach at gmail.com. You know, she's available to give you one-on-one advice if you need at KristenSchmokeCoaching.com or we'll be doing this every other week for this foreseeable future. We've got lots more good stuff coming up. Thanks, Monica. Thank you, Kristen. 